Hey guys, J.D. Vance coming to you from the U.S. Capitol. I want to give an update on something that's going on because it's really important for all the patriots out there who care about our country. Uh, today there's a border security deal that's going to be voted on. It's a disaster. It does very little to secure the border. may actually make the invasion worse. That deal is going to go down in flames. Uh, but the establishment working with the Democrats will then propose a new funding package that funds Ukraine only, does nothing on border security, and gives away any of our leverage to actually procure some real border security from the Biden administration. So it's really the worst of all possible worlds. Send $61 billion to Ukraine while doing nothing to secure our own border and also give away all of our leverage to achieve real border security uh, and force Biden to do his job. It's, it, it's so important that you talk about this, that you call your senator, that you push as much as possible to defeat this deal. We're going to vote on it this afternoon. It's a Ukraine first funding package, and we have to defeat it. Even friends of mine in the Senate who support Ukraine say it's insane to support a Chuck Schumer Ukraine package before we've even had a chance to read it. So whatever side you're on on the Ukraine question, Everyone can agree that passing a $100 billion of aid to foreign countries without reading it and without using our leverage to achieve border security is a nightmare for this country. We've got to defeat it, and this is maybe the single most important bill to defeat that I've seen in my time in the Senate. Let's get to work. You got it. The U.S. Senate is prioritizing America's national security dead last folks uh, well, welcome back to more war mondays here on the rob manus show live on patriot.tv and welcome to our x spaces uh, simulcast audience and we appreciate you all and look forward to your engagement well it seems constant these days folks uh, and it shouldn't surprise me but america's elected officials prioritize other nations national security over our own at every opportunity they did it again over the weekend, as you just heard J.D. talk about that bill he was talking about at the end there. They passed cloture on it after failing to pass the border security bill that also had Ukraine and other funding in it. Uh, they went ahead, stripped everything out, and passed the Ukraine bill because they just don't want to stop the invasion at our southern border. They're choosing to fund Ukraine again, in the face of growing opposition from us, their voters and citizens. Uh, look, folks, I'm no isolationist, and I'm certainly not a pacifist, but I am opposed to starting World War III and only support risking American lives in war to defend our own vital national interests. And as Barack Obama even said years ago, Ukraine is not our vital national interest. Many senators have strong opponents in this election cycle because of their intransigence and their stubborn waste of our resources and needlessly risking American kids' lives. Well, Roger Wicker of Mississippi, my home state, is one of those senators, and native Mississippian retired Marine Colonel Gannon Burton is one of his strong opponents. Colonel Burton served 30 years in the U.S. Marine Corps, was an F-18 pilot, a Top Gun course graduate, a test pilot, and a two-time commander with five combat deployments. And after he retired, he created something called Mississippi for America First. Well, Colonel Burton, welcome to the Rob Manus Show. It's good to be here with you, Robin. You know, thank you so much for uh, staying in the fight and serving your country. And, uh, you know, just seeing you, you know, pick pick up the bat each day and swing it and, uh, and getting to see you and everything you've done. It's, it's a great, uh, I, I, I wish more of our fellow service members who had retired have take, would take up this fight with us. And I, I think we've got to inspire more folks to do it, but, uh, you're certainly doing your part. Thank you. Well, the movement's growing, uh, Gannon. And, uh, I, I gotta tell you, I really appreciate it. I, I made my first U S Senate run starting in mid, uh, 2013. The election was in 2014. And, uh, uh, I was utterly alone, uh, and the number one plank was border security at the southern border, and to stop the endless war policies was the number two plank, and energy independence then, now since Donald Trump proved it, energy <laughs> dominance would be my third uh, leg of my platform if I was running today. So I'm glad to see you all, uh, folks like you, coming into this arena and coming into this fight, because you see it for what it is uh, exactly in my title of the show today, the politicians that we're sending to Washington, D.C., and even at our state level many times, 
are not for America first. They are almost all America last when they get forced to make the choice. Uh, and I know that's one reason why you're running against Senator Wicker, uh, who's also a veteran. He's an Air Force veteran, uh, retired uh, Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Reservist, I think. Uh, I think he was a JAG officer, maybe. Uh, but, uh, uh, but he should get it. He should understand it. And he doesn't. He says he does. But he keeps voting for stuff like this. So give give the audience a rundown real quick on your platform, uh, in addition to what we've already talked about, but uh, and why you're running. I want you to have that opportunity to say it. Well, I, I think to get right to your point, it is this idea that, uh, in, in, and oh, by the way, apparently you took a red pill about seven years before I did uh, <laughs> to, to, to start running that. I, I just didn't know for the last seven years of my life how bad it was. And I thought, I think, frankly, Donald Trump getting in there gave us a lot of hope that, hey, we had someone fighting up there, but all these bad things were still happening underneath. And the infiltration was continuing uh, under him. And I think, I think uh, some of us lost sight of it. I think so many people are waking up now that I, I think we're going to be in a position to do something a little bit different. Why am I running? It's real simple. Our, our politicians aren't serving the American people. Right now, you know, we have this idea you know, when we're taught in civics class that, hey, we send a politician up here to Washington, D.C., and then you've got the government, and they're supposed to hold the government accountable to serve us, and then you've got the media that's supposed to keep all the corruption out of that. Well, that whole thing has become an incestuous cesspool, but it's not just incestuous in, in terms of, you know, domestic corruption. These Our external enemies have, have recognized that for what it is and accelerated that process. One of the groups, and I, I think there's two kind of big competing groups out there in all countries I could see trying to influence the United States, but there's two big competing groups right now that are that are really you know, attacking the middle class by controlling the politicians. And one of them is the World Economic Forum, the globalists, right? And I think they probably got the most say uh, within the Republican party at that global elite. You know, Roger Wicker is a member of the World Economic Forum. He went to Davos the last couple of years, and he didn't go there like Tr President Trump did to, to chew their butts and tell them to stay out of our business. I, he, he went there to work with them, you know, and, and you can see that. So why is our border open? It's open because the biggest impediment to the World Economic Forum is the American middle class. And if they can destroy the American middle class, then they can have their one world government. And what they see in, in, in America is so arachnid of what they want, which is this one singular power on earth that controls everyone. And then you've got a, a bunch of global elites that get to run around, do whatever they want, while the rest of us are best, basically peasants. Now, the other group over there, and I think it has the biggest sway within the Democratic Party, but a few Republicans as well, and that's the Chinese Communist Party. So if you look at the Chinese Communist Party, they've infiltrated us at our, through our education system. They put all the Marxist theories into, uh, into play in our uh, in our schools, they've got uh, into our military uh, line of thinking. They've infiltrated the military-industrial complex in uh, in a lot of places too, buying up farmland, and then obviously compromising you know politicians like uh, uh, Eric Swalwell with Fang Fang and all that. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, yeah. you probably very well you know Diane's. Diane Feinstein's driver had been a Chinese communist agent for 15 years, right? But she yeah. wasn't ran out of the Senate, you know, on that. Not that she was competent when she left, but uh, and it does yeah. seem yeah. that the United States Senate is actually kind of where the heart of this corruption is held. When I look at it, and I'm, and I'm just I'm observing it, I'm observing, you know, as a layman the last few years. But as I looked at, it, I go, that's where the problem is. Senator Wicker is 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 has been made very comfortable by this system. He has gotten much richer here in Mississippi. Well, uh, the rest of Mississippi has gotten sicker and poorer. Uh, and I think it's by design. And I think it's because men like him have either sold this country out or they're comfortable and they're, they're uh, apathetic to us. But uh, I, I think we've had enough and I, and I'm seeing it everywhere I go and people are, people are standing up and waking up and shows like these are, are catching on and catching on fire. And, you know, the internet is opening yeah. back up. And I think that's happening because the folks who are, the controllers in the middle of this are starting to wake up, right? Your mid-level FBI agents are going, Hey, what is going on here? And if they're willing to tell the truth, then they, then they're able to hold their ground. You've got a doctor in the air in the army, uh, Dr. Teresa long, right? She's a flight surgeon right. who brought up the stuff they going on with the vaccine mandates. Well, she's held her ground and she's still there. And she's a force to be reckoned with now on the national stage. And I think, you know, we're each going to have to find our place in this phalanx, right? Uh, based on our skill sets, knowledge, whatever. Uh, but the one thing we all have to have, and I think it's the critical thing to saving this country, 
is courage and not courage based on, Hey, I'm just going to give myself up and be a martyr and, and throw myself out there and get shot. Right. No, it's courage based on faith and grace. You know, that idea that, you know, God's got this, he's going to judge you on his timeline. You have to do your best every, every step of the way. And if we're, if we're courageous uh, and we find our courage, we find our place in this failings, I, I think we'll lift this country back up. And if, if we don't find our courage and enough people don't find the courage, then I, I can't tell you what it's going to look like in the next few years. I'm, deathly afraid of a one world government coming in. When I say deathly afraid, I'm going to fight it with everything I got, but I don't want to see that for my kids. And, uh, and I'm not operating off of fear, but I'm, I'm certainly operating knowing that we're up against some really, really bad people and, and they have really, really bad designs for us. Yeah. That's what I saw in 2013. As a matter of fact, uh, just like Wicker, uh, the, the guy that actually beat me as a Republican who was a former Democrat and donor to Mary Landrew. That's who we were really trying to take out with Senator Mary Landrew. Uh, is Bill Cassidy. He not only voted to convict Donald Trump in the second impeachment, he's on the list too. Uh, he's one of the bad actors out there. So y'all over in Louisiana, you need to get a, uh, get a primary effort going against that guy. Uh, unfortunately, I'm a citizen of Mississippi now. We got our, we got our fellows here that are uh, going up against Roger Wicker again. Uh, and, and Gannon, what do you say to folks uh, that go, hey, man, he's got all the money. The incumbent's got a 95% uh, uh, win rate every time in America. Uh, how can you beat that guy? What's your answer to that? Well, the big thing is before I jumped into this and decided to run, I had already went, been around the state and, and I've been to, you know, over half the counties and states and spoke to most of the people. So, uh, even though I'm not maybe known to the general population, I'm certainly well known within all the political circles because I tried to get Roger Wicker to actually do his job and stand up and, and fight for us. And I think people appreciate that. Number two is I did a poll before we started this. And uh, Roger Wicker has the highest negatives that uh, any sitting senator right now. Why? Well, because he is he hasn't done his job and the people of Mississippi have, uh, have woken up to it. So I just asked a very simple question. Hey, if you knew uh, Colonel Burton is from Mississippi, he went to Top Gun, he did five combat deployments, spent 30 years in the Marine Corps, and Roger Wicker voted against uh, Trump's border wall, uh, which are both true, uh, who would you vote for? And with a three-way race with me and uh, another great man, a good man, Dan Eubank, uh, who I think you're interviewing mm -hmm. tomorrow, uh, I get 56%. And because people know that they, they recognize that this, I think they just know what time it is. We need warriors in charge. And I, I do want to say for uh, you running against uh, Cassidy, when I look at people's eyes in the United States Senate, that might be one of the darkest set of eyes that I've looked into. The things that he's done and, and what, frankly, what I see when I see him, I see a man who's conspiring with bad actors. And he said some things about President Trump about, he, I mean, I think he, the other day he actually said that uh, President Trump uh, might not even make it to the primary because old, people, old men die. I mean, it was it was really, really bad and mean what he said, but uh, it was dark the way he said it, too, which makes me, you know, yeah, you're you start worrying right. about uh, Satan and all this other stuff, all that other stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's amazing what what must go through people's uh, brains once they get up there. Uh, but, you know, he, he's a career government guy uh, before he became a career politician. And, uh, uh, it, you know, I mean, that's the way he thinks. Unfortunately, or fortunately for people like us, uh, we've been able, we were in the military, so we have a little bit different style of thinking than some government bureaucrat uh, that goes into politics, I think, uh, uh, because we, we know we have to innovate, we have to be creative, we have to, sometimes we have to destroy in order to create better, those kind of things, you know, and, uh, and we're uh, accountable, and we're accountable, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's the word, right, accountability, exactly right. right, we're accountable, so once our boss yeah. gave us the mission and the resources we said we needed to do it, we had to get that done. And there, there was no you know, going back on that. Well, we got to take our first break, uh, Colonel Burton. And when we come back, we'll let the Spaces audience uh, have a crack at a question right after this break. And we'll be talking about J.D. Vance's poison pill he discovered in this bill. We'll be right back on the Rob Main Show Live, Patriot TV. The world is about to shift. Banks are going cashless globally with the emergence of central bank digital currency, which will bring with it programmable money and the ability to turn on or off your purchasing power based on your digital social profile. 
It's like the equivalent of spyware in your bank account. You need to get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, Ph.D. at 877-547-5743. That's 877-KIRK-PHD. We support this. So I just want to make sure I'm not misunderstanding what you're saying. I don't think that I am. I think you're saying you want a negotiated settlement to what's happening in Ukraine. Right. And we made it. We prepared a huge document in Istanbul that was initialed by the head of the Ukrainian delegation. He affixed his signature to some of the provisions, not to all of it. He put his signature and then he himself said, we were ready to sign it and the war would have been over long ago, 18 months ago. However, Prime Minister Johnson came, talked us out of it, and we missed that chance. Welcome back to More War Mondays here on the Rob Maynard Show live at Patriot.tv. And uh, welcome back to our X-Spaces audience. We are interviewing a uh, retired Marine Colonel uh, Gannon Burton, who is a candidate for the United States Senate in Mississippi's challenging uh, Roger Wicker, who is an incumbent that's been in government uh, as an elected official, I think, for about 30 years now. Uh, and uh, uh, Gannon, let's go over to the Spaces audience. I got a hand up over there. We didn't give them a chance to ask a, ask a question in the first segment. I know they've got a question for you. And then when we come back, I want to talk about that snippet of Tucker's interview with uh, uh, with President Putin, because he just said what a lot of us that are independent uh, media have known and have been talking about for a long time. So, Kat, go ahead with your question. Hey, Colonel Burton. I'm glad you're here today. Um, I have a, it's a pretty direct question. So we've got this feckless government that's sacrificing our sovereignty and clearly our national security with our open borders. And we're sending billions of dollars to a country that most people couldn't even find on a map if they tried. And they pretty much hate us. So why are we doing this? So my question to you is this. He is, we are, our, our country is so broken down and we, with the billions that he has sent, we could have lifted every veteran that's homeless off the streets, probably every homeless person to boot, yet we continue to send billions and billions of dollars to this little dictator. What do you think is at the heart of that? I mean, a lot of people say the money laundering thing, but I'm just curious what your take is on it. Like maybe even from just a military standpoint. Well, you want to know why a lot of people say the money laundering thing? Because it's the money laundering thing. <laughs> it's, right. this, is, this is not rocket scientists. The, the entire, so you have to think about it in terms of who our enemy is as, as the, who is coming after the American middle class? Why are we so fed up with it? Can we recognize our enemy? Well, God gave us eyes to hear, eyes to see and ears to hear and a mind to think. And, and when we read what we read, we, what we come to the conclusion is this, this uh, national security establishment for the U.S., the the, the uh, military-industrial complex has actually went global, right? And it's not our military-industrial complex anymore. It's the world's, and it's a national, it's a world global security apparatus. The money we're sending to Ukraine is funding all of the underhanded dealings that are going on in the international space now uh, on behalf of the Western uh, powers. When I say Western powers, it's actually globalist powers now. So that's why it's happening. Uh, that's why the, the checkbooks are, are fed there first. And it's also, and you want to know why our senators and representatives are behaving the way they are. It's because we haven't cleared out the Epstein list, right? If we actually went through the Epstein list and all the people who were involved and compromised there were cleaned out. If we went through Hillary Clinton's laptops and the David, uh, the Anthony Weiner laptop and actually cleared out all that compromise, we might get some level of accountability, but it, it's going to tear down a massive web of uh, corruption. And when you see how these people behave, uh, you have to kind of tie it all together at this point. It's, it's a, I, I wish it was, cleaner than that that it was uh that there was one or two things but it's actually a massive destructive web of corruption that is going on so yes it is the money laundering operation the question is what is that funding it's actually funding the corruption in the global political governments yeah i mean one of the things that i tell people all the time again is that uh, politics is about power uh, and power is about funding uh 
and the United States is the biggest funder of political power in the world, and that's why they're all after it. Uh, uh, you know, that's when well I say said. they, it's the same thing as you. Yeah, the same thing I, uh, that you say. It's it's the uh, World Economic Forum, the globalist uh, web. They call it the liberal world or order or, or liberal democracy world order. When really it's tyrannical, uh, from what we're seeing and. Uh, uh, and the, the little clip there from Putin, now famous, uh, thanks to Tucker Carlson, you know, it's not propaganda. Those are he, he was rattling off facts. They did sign a deal in, in Istanbul. Uh, the the uh, the Ukrainians signed up to most of it. Uh, Boris Johnson was sent in to wreck that deal that could have stopped the 2022 uh, further escalation of, of the Russian invasion of the rest of the a part of Ukraine that is Russian ethnic uh, for the most part and everything. And they didn't. And here we are a half a million dead Ukrainians later, and they're, they're drafting 60 year olds by force. So, so let me, let me give you a, uh, another take that, that a lot of people haven't heard. And when I was at Airwork college, I studied uh, Russia and Ukraine that year at Airwork college. I got to visit Russia and, you know, in Kiev and actually went to Moscow and rode the night train from Kiev to Moscow. And that doesn't make me an expert by any chance, uh, but it gives me enough to at least be dangerous and form a basic general geographic uh, or geopolitical opinion. And this is where we're losing it in the West is we're, we're letting people like Victoria Newland and some other small level State Department people be, make these strategic decisions that are that are that are going against the basic uh, wave of history, you know. Why do we have Russia in Europe? Well, it's 11% of the world's landmass, right? It's only 130 million people, but they had one job for all of Western civilization, and they did it pretty well. And that was to keep Western civilization from being overrun by the Mongol hordes, and now the Chinese, if, if you would, in larger, in larger part. And what we did uh, in 2014 is we went in because of this I, I, you know, I think it was whether it was personal or just some people kind of kind of caught up in that whole old war uh, machinery, Cold War machinery that they fi mm -hmm. figured they needed to put pressure on, on on Russia or really what I think it was now. It's, it was actually the globalists looking at Vladimir, Vladimir Putin as an impediment to having this one world yeah. government. And so expanding NATO was a way to do that. And that we said we wouldn't do that. We said that when the Soviet Union fell, we said we will stay out of your sphere of influence. We need you to be stable and secure because you have to hold on to your nuclear weapons and you have to be able to use them, not on us, but on China and to keep China from going north and taking all the resources it needs to dominate the world for the next 500 years or whatever. Right. So. Right. Some just like we've we've allowed we've allowed these globalists to to get so much control over our State Department that just the basic national security interests of the West aren't even being looked at anymore. I mean, these people want to see, I, I guess, the end of history in their lifetime uh, as they try to as they try to bring about this one world government. But it is uh, it's suicidal. Uh, and, you know, Putin, he, one thing is, is he's a rational guy. He's grown up in a very tough part of the world. And uh, and, you know, his countrymen believe in him uh, one way or the other. Uh, I'm not here to mm -hmm. judge him one way or the other. I'm just saying he's a rational actor. He's looking at what's going on. I said, you better stop expanding NATO into my territory because you're going to destabilize my ability to defend my country from the Chinese as well as the West. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, one of the things that I, that I hope people noticed in that two hour long interview is that uh, Putin, and I tell people this all the time, never forget he is a retired KGB colonel first. Just like I'm a retired Air Force colonel, you're a retired Marine Corps colonel. You can you can assign a certain way of framing things, the way you think about things in the world, uh, to a person based on that kind of background because we're all so well trained in how to do analysis in different ways. You know, you went to the Air War College, so I'm a graduate of the Air War College by correspondence, but also went to the Navy War College, so we have a specific. Uh, uh, way, way that we've been trained to do analysis, to think about things, to critically think, uh, come up with solutions. And I noticed that about him when uh, when Tucker pitched the idea of, of him giving the young journalist that's in jail over there to Tucker and taking him home. Uh, Putin spent about 10 minutes talking about how, well, we just, we just need the process to play out. The special services are already talking about it, meaning the intelligence services, the CIA and what's left of the KGB 
They're already talking about it. They have some things that they need to do. And he kept saying that over and over again. And I'm like, yep, he's a KGB colonel and he's a bureaucrat and he likes his bureaucratic decision processes. Did you pick up on that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was yeah, funny too with the, the history too. lesson that he kind of he, he, he started he started her off on, on that on that entire uh, show and I appreciate actually listening mm-hmm. to that coming from the president of Russia it, it was good. how he saw his 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 country's place in world history and uh, it's like I I think that the, you know like I don't blame President Putin for wanting to have a strong Russia he should do that I think I blame President Biden for not you know, for basically selling out our country to, you know, a, a, a bunch of corrupt globalists. That's what he's, and that's what he's done. That's right. That's right. That's, that is what he's done. Well, let's take one more question from the uh, live audience, uh, uh, because I want to get into, uh, I want to get into your policy proposals, uh, not just in national security, but economics and, and those kind of things before we end the show. Okay. AJ, go ahead. I see your hand up over there. Hello, Carl. Thank you so much for the mic. Um, I just have a question, I suppose, wrapped in a comment uh, based on observation. Everybody and their mothers were yelling and screaming about how it is important to keep uh, any sort of Russian narrative out of U.S. uh, ears and eyes and so forth at the beginning of the conflict between, you know, Ukraine and Russia. And which is which is one of the reasons why all the uh, Russian uh, outlets were outlawed in form in any form, including print and books and so forth. However, they have never since October 7th in any way, shape or form shut down any uh, uh, anti-American, anti-Western rhetoric that's coming out of any of the enemies of the United States in the form of terrorist organizations and their media outlets. So that is a inconsistency in the modus operandi of the White House and this administration as a whole that I'm constantly trying to underline to show people that, look, they are feeding information, or at least they're not stopping the information flow from the from the uh, 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 terrorist organizations to their cells here in the U.S., but they're saying that they're shutting down what Russia has to say about Russia in this particular conflict because they are trying to save you from Russian misinformation. And there's that inconsistency, and I can't get through to people. Uh, What are your thoughts on that, if any, sir? Thank you. So uh, I think this is probably part of the Obama's uh, repeal of the, uh, is it Smith-Munt Act that was in 2012 where we basically made it legal to propagandize the American people again? Uh, Post-World War II, you know, in, during World War II, there was immense propaganda in the United States. And I think our, our brilliant, you know, men of that generation recognized that that, that was necessary for the war effort because they just had to have complete unity of, of purpose and effort. And so that, that went on. And once once it was over with, uh, that was repealed so that people, you know, the government couldn't get involved in, in basically trying to control the people through the narrative and the, give the people control over their own lives. And, and uh, Obama... Uh, repealed that unilaterally and i don't know why trump didn't reset that because i think that that's what we're living on it's so difficult now to tell exactly what the truth is you have to go out and you have to parse it out you have to have time to do it most people don't uh once you do and you find it you can kind of recognize it so you get really good at finding the truth thanks to twitter for being open with spaces again so that we can we can have a free flow of information or somewhat for the time being and uh and we kind of recognize what the truth is and and that's what scares governments because uh, at the end of the day, uh, people are good and they, they want to make good decisions. They want to be good people and they want to raise their families and, and make make good calls for the most part. And uh, the government, you know, when it's lying to you, especially as it's as lied to you, uh, you know, and it happened during the Trump administration uh, a lot. You know, they lied yeah. to him about Russia, you know, completely propagandized our Western media. And so you have to go from there, and now you have to go and follow the money, right? So the money comes back to these global corporations, BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard, who have interest in our uh, in all of the uh, places where there's power in the United States, whether it's the medical industry. Okay, they don't just take over like, hey, we're going to do pharmaceuticals. They take over the insurance, the hospital, and the pharmaceuticals, right? And there's a reason all those things yeah. are, are 
in our system are supposed to be apart, and that's because you need to have a competition amongst those so that good, you know, product basically flows out of, out of it. Well, the same thing has happened in our media space, and we've allowed uh, some global corporations that are aligned with globalists and they have global aspirations uh, to to frankly demoralize the United States. And when I say demoralize, that's what propaganda is there to do. It actually it demoralizes you. Get to, it gets you to act in ways that are not in your self interest. And um, I hope that gets to your question. Very well put. Uh, we've got to take our second break here, uh, but when we come back, we'll, we'll move the discussion national security-wise to Iran, but I want to give Colonel Burton the opportunity to talk about uh, what he sees as a as a valid America first uh, national security and foreign policy effort, and then move into economics. And he touched on it a little bit there, the whole health care thing with Obamacare, put government into your insurance, uh, your medical insurance, and We've seen the results of that from the COVID uh, pandemic and the vaccine. I'm Rob Manus with Patriot.TV Live. We'll be right back with more War Mondays. When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company, like super woke. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery, long time no see, no can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work. It's worth noting we did not get into another war in the Middle East under President Trump, but he was very strong with the Iranians, both in terms of the actions against, for example, Qasem Soleimani, but also the economic warfare that he was he was engaging in, in terms of starving them of resources. And there were articles in The New York Times, Maria, in the 2018-2019 timeframe, when the militants in Hezbollah, the Houthi Hamas, were all lamenting that the golden age was over and that they weren't getting their money or their weapons. And the attack went down. Now, after three years of Biden fueling the Iranians, giving them absolutely free range, now we have this, this just mess in the Middle East, and we seem to be potentially drifting into a conflict. Welcome back to The Rob Maynard Show live on Patriot.tv. We're talking with U.S. Senate candidate, retired uh, Marine Colonel Gannon Burton from Mississippi. He's challenging the incumbent, Senator Roger Wicker, because as Roger Wicker has demonstrated just last night and will demonstrate again tonight when he votes for this Ukrainian spending bill, he prioritizes America's national security last. And that was Victoria Coates speaking there, Gannon, about how President Trump prioritized America's national security first in his policies. And before I ask you my question, uh, did you hear that McConnell and Tillis from North Carolina both said that the base voters in the Republican Party are pretty much just too dim to understand why it's critically important that we continue to send billions of dollars to secure Ukraine's border and do nothing about the southern border invasion of many tens of thousands of military-aged males today. Speaking of policy, yeah, that's, though, it's maddening Trump's policy is America money first. Was going back into the, sorry, that money was going back into the political class here in the United States to sustain it. And that's what they're saying. When he says critical, they're talking about their own survival. Sorry, go ahead. And their own political and their own political power, their own survival and, and, and desire to stay in that political power position uh, and their donors political power, regardless of who they are, whether it's pharma, the military industrial complex, the blue, uh, the Soros people on the, on the Marxist side, doesn't really matter. Uh, it's all about power. So, uh, from your perspective, uh, national security and foreign policy, uh, I know that you're an America First guy. Heck, you started the Mississippi for America First organization after you retired. Uh, but how do you see yourself supporting a Trump administration uh, as they're coming in 
to uh, take this back up and put America's national interests before others. Yeah, you know, I've had a chance to think about this for a while, and I'm like, where, where did we go off the rails on this thing where we just would, you know, go into a country and stay there, uh, which was never kind of our, my thought, you know, coming up as a, you know, post-Cold War uh, kind of guy. We kind of went in and fought and hit, and then we got out, which kind of made sense, right? So what, what happened there? And a guy named Jim Mattis, who I had a ton of respect for, and I used to quote him all the time because he had all, all these great quotes, he got rid of something that I think are really brilliant statesmen of the past put together, and that was Joint Forces Command. And what Joint Forces Command did, its actual mission was to hold the services accountable for warfighting capability on a uh, on a national level, not the not just the, the local exercises and tactical exercises, right. but no kidding, strategic exercise of power, right? And it, it probably got a little bloated. It was probably too big, but Gen mm -hmm. you know, General Mattis, you know, during the last of the Obama administration, you think you were probably still in at the time. You know, they were looking for cuts, and he just offered up Joint Forces Command. Well, I think we lost a lot of accountability there, and I think what happened when we did that, uh, you know, Joint Forces Command would put on these major exercises, and then the services would actually get graded, and, and you know, you would actually feed into that those services all the kinds of materials they needed, all the innovations and things they needed to fight wars as best they could see them at the time. But then once the services are left to their own devices, they're just they're just ready to go and, and, and do whatever. And all of a sudden you get disjointed uh, in that. But I think also uh, it opens you up to adventurism because everybody's looking for something to do. They're not being graded. They're not trying to get ready for the next exercise or whatever else. And then when war happens, it happens so that everyone's obviously getting graded on how they did at war. But uh, in peacetime, I think what are I think there's some really brilliant statesmen that put together this concept of the Joint Forces Command to, to basically give the military industrial something to grind on and sharpen its teeth on in times of peace. And I think it was very good, too, because those exercises had the effect of keeping the sea lanes open, keeping our presence abroad, because you have to go abroad to do all those those major you know, global global exercises, right? So that was, that's just a, a kind of a thought there. I think you know where I am, though. It's like, I, you know, I'm a, I've always been believed in the Teddy Roosevelt uh, model of uh, walk softly, carry a big stick, and, uh, and just let everyone know you're ready to swing it kind of thing. But... You don't want to. You, you've been in war. I've been in war. You don't want to stand over those coffins. Uh, training for war is the greatest thrill of my life. I, I love it. Uh, loved it, every bit of it. Mm -hmm. But actually going there and, and then having to be part of that destruction of other humans and things, is uh, it's, it's not a good place to be in your soul. It's just something you got you got to steal yourself for. Yeah, when, when I think about uh, people like John Adams, Jefferson, uh, George Washington especially, you know, us leading with military force today uh, and dividing the world up for our four-star combatant commanders like the Roman Empire divided their world up for their senior military commanders and, and pretty much left them in charge of those areas. Uh, it's just not what the United States was invented or intended to be, uh, you know, and, and as a sack baby, I mean, my dad was a sack guy. Uh, I was a sack baby I, when I grew up. I was in SAC as a lieutenant, uh, and then when it went away, I eventually helped be one of the 06s that stood up Global Strike Command, the mini SAC that the Air Force decided it needed again uh, and everything. And uh, we really lived by uh, not peace as our profession, uh, but that deterrence is much better than killing people. Uh, I mean, that's what we oh, talked yeah. about when we were sitting SAC nuclear alert and everything. And uh uh, and, and that's what Teddy Roosevelt was getting at, too. You know, speak softly and, and carry a big stick was deterrence. And what we've seen here, and the reason why I played the Iran clip to add to the Ukraine discussion, Gannon, is, is uh, deterrence is failing around the world. And it's a deterrence that the United States really has largely been the driving force behind since the end of World War II as far as major global wars and the potential for an outbreak of a World War uh, World War III. Uh, type situation. So we now have three uh, major regional wars uh, that uh, we're involved in in one way or another and a potential fourth one if China decides to get frost froggy with us and uh, uh, and take Taiwan by force before Trump can get reelected uh, because they have the opportunity, you know, uh, and they know Biden is weak. They know the administration is weak. It's discombobulated. I mean, Austin's in the hospital again today. His deputy is a wokest, uh, uh, critical race theory type person and uh, wouldn't know a military decision if it smacked her in the face. Uh, so we're in a pretty bad shape here. Uh, 
Uh, what are your thoughts on, on how do we reestablish deterrence and extricate ourselves from this Roman imperialism looking uh, perspective and go back to a, one of the United States, the one that won the Cold War, where, yeah, we got in some fights, uh, but, but we were able to, uh, between us and the Russians, able to uh, uh, keep deterrence in, in effect so that there was no global uh, nuclear war or even conventional war that would risk a global nuclear war. That's where I think we need to go. I'm, a, I'm a, for a strong national defense. And Roger Wicker says that, too. Uh, and he talks about his jobs that he keeps in place. But you know what? In the Cold War, our defense industrial base was much stronger. And there were many more jobs available on that because we were in deterrence mode and building to keep that peace and stay to keep so, our uh, enemies deterred. So let me let me put it to you. And I think strategically you can you can encapsulate it in doing one thing, and that is becoming truly self-sufficient and independent at home again, right? So we, we have to recapitalize our industrial basis here. That means chip manufacturing. That means our steel production. I mean, U.S. Steel sold to an Asian company just last month. I mean, I could not believe when that happened. So the, the God has blessed the United States of America with everything it needs to, to have complete self-sufficiency at home. And we have to reestablish that. So we have to close the border. We have to ramp up our own energy production. And then the way we take care of these deficits is we use big tariffs. We use big tariffs. As we ramp up energy production, that's going to bring the cost of doing things at home down. And then we bring up big tariffs. And then we've got to have a cultural you know, fireside chat with everybody and say, hey, folks, we're going to have to get up and go to work here and, and start buying things locally and producing all those things at home. And then once the world kind of looks at it and says, you know what? America doesn't need anything from us. We need stuff from America. Then we're in a, we'll be in a position to basically go out, keep the sea lanes open, open up the trade routes, and then make deals that are beneficial to us uh, and, and our self-sufficiency. But you, you have to understand, obviously, you know, the naivety of that is the idea that the globalists are just going to stand down and the people who are corrupt inside our government who are bought off by the Chinese Communist Party and the other, you know, Asian factions are just going to stand down. That's not going to happen. They're going to have to be excised. But the only way we're going to excise them is if we get senators up there who will tell the truth and point out what is actually going on in their country and in their government. And they won't be able to stand up to the sunlight. You know, when President Trump gets back in there, uh, I'll hopefully be there with him. And, you know, we're going to we're going to take, you know, real big levers to do things like we're going to repeal that Smith month month uh, act, you know, and we're going to stop propaganda, propagandizing the American people. We're going to break up State Street, Vanguard and BlackRock. So they don't have they don't have monopolistic control over our, our companies. People think, you know, we've got our antitrust acts and it looks like it. But when the global corporations buy controlling interest in 95 percent of the S&P 500, guess what? You've got a monopoly. You're just not recognizing it because it's it's uh, it's it's a global corporation and not a uh, not an American one. So, I think, you know, full spectrum energy independence, energy dominance by the United States, and then this idea of complete and total self sufficiency here at home will strengthen us. Uh, and also, what it will do, it will uh, it will it will force us to uh, get back to you know re-energizing our trade schools, re-energizing our engineering, our, our STEM uh, science, technology, engineering. English and math and getting better academic results. And we need, we're going to have to probably just defund the department of education, scrap it, get rid of all those communists and, and, uh, and, you know, let the states take, take it on for their own economic purposes. What, what they'll do anyway, because they can't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Trump's going to need, uh, lots of appointees. Uh, uh, what type of advice and consent, will you give him on appointees for like secretary of defense uh, secretary of state you know all of them uh, because i mean even the dod is has a rotten core of marxism through critical theory and equity and gender queer theory uh, uh, those kind of the wokeism all of those are critical theory based in marxism that came out of the frankfurt school uh, and it's rotting from the inside i mean we've seen uh, 26,000 people signed the petition for the uh, military accountability here in 2024 that was raised by the 8,000 that were hurt by the vaccine mandate. Uh, we'll, we'll get yeah. that answer on the backside of this break because we've got to take our last break here on the Rob Manus Show. We're talking with uh, retired Colonel Gannon Burton, the U.S. Senate candidate here in Mississippi, opposing incumbent Roger Wicker. We'll be right back.
What if this happened to you when you're alone? Or what if it happened here? With MedGuard Alert, you're never alone. You can connect with medical professionals anywhere, anytime. And now MedGuard is introducing our exclusive new CareWatch. If you need help quickly, use it from anywhere to contact medical professionals. No cell phone required. The CareWatch is not only a life-saving medical alert device, it's a revolutionary health monitoring system that checks your blood pressure, heart rate, oxygen saturation, and much more. And here's the best part. If you have Medicaid, you may qualify to get your care watch for free. The care watch is only available through MedGuard Alert. Call us right now. We have monitoring programs starting as low as a dollar a day. The call is free, activation is free, shipping is free, and no contract is required. Remember, with Medicaid, you may qualify to get your care watch for free. Don't wait. Call us to get your care watch right now. Operators are standing by. Walk up by the thousands into our country. You've noticed this too, and you said you've never seen this before. Tell me what you've seen, mm -hmm. and tell me what you see now, and what bothers you most. First of all, we need to know Ecuador and Brazil need to account because both those countries have very low requirements for people coming to the country. That's a gateway for SIA, special interest Look, in the last year and a half, we got nearly 30,000 Chinese nationals, most of them military-age males. That just scared the hell out of everybody. So, you know, the, the, the numbers keep growing. This administration has the same data points you and I had. You would think as China is not our friend. They're, they're, they're creating uh, a precursors to fentanyl. They're selling to the criminal cartels of Mexico that are killed over 110,000 Americans. But this president hasn't held China accountable. He hasn't held Mexico accountable. So, look, the Chinese national, 30,000. I've done this job for over three decades. I've never seen numbers anywhere near this. This is this is drastic. This is the biggest national security failure that I've seen in this country since 9-11. This is historic. Welcome back to the Rob Manus Show. It's More War Mondays. We're talking with retired Marine Corps Colonel Gannon Burton, who is a U.S. Senate candidate opposing the incumbent Roger Wicker here in Mississippi. Uh, and I wanted to get that clip in, Gannon, because the invasion at the southern border is our greatest threat i mean the chinese communist party and china are a threat don't get me wrong uh, uh i think all the other stuff is is fairly minor even the russia thing uh, russia's not coming into western europe they don't have the capability to even take Kiev and, uh, and hold it you know uh, but uh but uh this invasion is killing a hundred thousand americans a year before biden even got in office we were up you know, around 100,000 for several years of young Americans, especially dying from fentanyl overdose and opioid poisoning and those kind of things. Uh, so we're losing many, many more Americans than we ever have in combat in any of these military wars. And that puts it right up there as a national security issue. And then you add uh, like 60,000 plus military age males from China, 30,000 plus military age males from Turkey tens of thousands from Venezuela, Ecuador. I mean, all these bad actors coming up. Not everybody is, of course, but most of them are potential bad actors and 152 plus known terrorists on the watch list that have gotten into the country and are not being monitored by our FBI because they're focused on MAGA grandmas and those kind of things. Uh, we are in a really precarious situation when you add that to the three wars that Biden has managed to get started because of our failing deterrence capability. Yeah, well, it all boils down to this. Joe Biden was installed through industrial scale voter fraud. He is compromised deeply by the Chinese Communist Party and he is feckless on, on the world stage. There's open discussion on who's actually running the national security apparatus. Is it Jake Sullivan? Is it, is it, who is it? The bottom line is it's, it's got to stop. We are deeply, deeply betrayed from within. And it's going to take deep, hard cuts and real power moves in Washington when President Trump get, gets back in there to, uh, to unwind this watch, if you would. What do we do? Well, I'm going to ask President Trump to, you know, give his secretary of defense, who I hope is a guy like Mike Flynn or Cash Patel or one of those folks, I'm going to ask him to give him at least 5,000 letters uh, that that will uh, be summary firing for whoever those people need think they need to go. We need to fire all of the academies of our service. We need to fire all of our service chiefs. 
we need to fire all mm -hmm. of the uh, people currently running the academies because they've allowed this to happen. And then we have to have a discussion. And this is one that's going to be the toughest because I know President Trump, you know, he I think he got pulled along on the vaccine stuff that Operation Warp Speed. I think our enemies use that to poison the United States military. If you talk to Dr. Teresa Long and look at the literatures out there, about 16 million people worldwide on a conservative estimate have died from the vaccine. We know there's a 300 percent increase in the rate of uh, spontaneous abortion from uh, our service women. Uh, now we saw a 300 percent increase in myocarditis and the, the, the biggest number I saw that kind of freaked me out was those of nine. 174% increase in heart failure among military pilots. And that was over a group of about 5,000 military pilots that, uh, that that she looked at. So, yeah, it's, it is bad. It's it's not good. And, oh, by the way, it's precarious right now. And I think this summer, you know, if you know this regime is so destable, so destabilized, and they're so desperate to not give up their power, I am uh, worried that they're going to pull off something Horrid this summer, and there's an army of uh, you know you got what is that six brigades worth of uh, Chinese nationals now uh, running around the country unaccounted for divisions <laughs> divisions divisions yeah yeah exactly you know it, uh, you're spot on you know uh, the uh, uh, you know what do you what are your thoughts on this uh, Mayorkas uh, impeachment effort that keeps failing. I mean, I, I don't really understand that. He's obviously not executing the law of the land like his oath says uh, he's supposed to do. Uh, and uh, uh, with him at the helm, uh, this, this stuff's just going to continue. Uh, the numbers are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I, I think they're already unmanageable in certain categories like the Chinese military-age mills. Yeah, he, he's, he is a uh, operative from an, an another country loyalties external to ours that is operating inside of a country because Joe Biden is a feckless uh, president of the United States. It was some sort of deal that they made to let him get in here and to, and to run this and weaken the American middle class. I think he's doing it on behalf of the World Economic Forum. But another group that came to his to his aid was uh, APAC, and they were able to flip a few Republican House members to keep the impeachment from going through, which just shows you how deeply betrayed our country is from within. Uh, folks, uh, we're going to have to pray, but we're going to have to get up and think, and we're going to have to act, and we're going to have to use our voice while we have it, because there's no doubt in my mind they mean to take down the Constitution of the United States. They mean to bring about a one-world government, and Myricus is is that guy, and I, I can't for the life of me figure out why we can't find more people of courage up there other than uh, our election systems have become intolerably uh, corrupted. Uh, and I'm just hoping that this wave in 2024 is enough to actually walk, watch it away. If you know, there was supposed to be a red, red wave in 2022, but our Justice mm -hmm. Department is right. so corrupt that they ignored the money laundering and the smurfing operations that were going that allowed Act Blue to funnel all this money to all of the Democratic candidates. You remember Sam Bankman Freed, you know, this gets back to the Ukraine money laundering operation, right? Sam Bankman Freed was over there. He had right. FTX Bitcoin. Mitch McConnell, Olympia Snow, and a bunch of other folks went over there. And they said, hey, park this money when you get it in FTX Bitcoin. All the senators invest in it. It goes up. They fund their campaigns. Uh, the biggest donor to the Democrats is Sam Bankman Freed. And then that that Bitcoin collapsed after Ukraine basically took its money out of it to start spending it on you know their corruption and whatever little bit was actually making it to the uh, front. But that basically, that money that we sent to Ukraine was used to stop uh, the conservatives in this country and, and frankly, just patriots. I think it's just, I think people are just kind of, I'm over the whole conservative liberal thing. I'm like, Hey, we need just common sense, American patriots right now. Just let's just have some common sense, American patriots. And then we get back to this discussion over liberal and conservative and all this other thing. Cause right now, I mean, we, we have so many traitors in our ranks. It's, uh, it's going to destroy the, the, the ability to even have that discussion in the future. Yeah. It's, it's very, uh, it's it, people are disheartened, yes, uh, but it's also very confusing, you know. Uh, even even the former president, uh, he he will endure, endorse some people that folks that are from those areas will just walk away scratching their heads. Why are you endorsing that person? They're not a, they're an America last person, but somebody's convinced him that they're not, you know. Uh, and, and that's an internal issue inside the Republican Party. Uh, have you heard anything about the new chairman or chairperson of the Republican Party and replacing Ronna McRomney McDaniel? You know, I haven't heard any. I don't, I don't know anyone who would be replacing her. Only that she needs. I do know that she does need to be replaced because she's been feckless. She, she has not been 
raising money, and she certainly has not been spending on the things we need to that are important to you know all Republican voters right now, which is you know election integrity. Like she should be ramping up that in that that uh, the infrastructure, getting the lawyers hired, running lawsuits everywhere to try to get to the bottom of not only the the last couple elections, but making sure that the stuff can't happen in the future. Because you know, I I put in my paperwork to retire after I watched the events go down on January sixth. I took leave that day and I walked down. I was the president. I walked back past the Capitol and I went back past the Capitol. I saw basically federal agents funneling people into the Capitol, and then there was video out there, and it it it, it just it tore my soul apart because. For me, you know, I don't have anything against mercenaries, but I was not one. I was, I'm was i an officer of the United States who took a uh, oath to defend the Constitution of the United States of America from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And, you know, I, I just couldn't stand over those caskets anymore in the middle of the night with kids in them that whose parents were on the other side of the world who were having their votes stolen from them. And I think that's why you're having this recruiting crisis in the military, the wokeness, the vaccines, all this madness that's going on is this overall lack of accountability. So, and here's the light of it. Like, we're speaking the truth, right? That's happening. And I think I think what is right. happening is people are waking up. I'm saying head nods. I'd, I'd give these speeches when I first got home and people get up and walk out and now they're there, they're nodding, they're coming up to me afterwards, hey, saying the fight, thank you for telling the truth. They're recognizing the damage that's been done by the vaccines. They're recognizing the, the, that Joe Biden is a, is a feckless uh, uh, commander in chief who was installed uh, by a, a corrupt ruling class. So all that stuff is happening. And uh, I think I think that is, is kind of, and that might just be nature itself and the way God works. Like, okay, you want to turn your back on me? You want to ignore corruption? You don't want to be, you don't want to be brave. You don't have courage. Well, you're going to suffer. And then eventually, you know, people start being brave and people start actually gravitating towards the people who are telling them the truth because they recognize it and they, they start, you know, courage is contagious and more, more and more people start to uh, start stepping up. So I, I, Absolutely. you know, and here I am. I mean, I, I wouldn't be running if it wasn't bad, right? <laughs> I, I would be, I'd be here on my farm happy and, and, and probably sitting back, right? So I, I, I probably wouldn't, you know, I was probably part of the problem. <laughs> if, if everything was okay, I, I wouldn't be, uh, trust me, I, I wouldn't be putting myself through this. I, I would not still be in this arena uh, and have entered the media <laughs> arena too if I thought it was good. I'd be, I'd be sipping a Mai Tai on my, my front porch looking at the, uh, surf coming in on the beach, man, <laughs> because that's what I really want to do. So, uh, where can folks uh, donate to you, man? You, you got to need money. I know you do. I've done this before. Yep. Uh, you don't need as much money, but you got to have some. Yep, I got to have some. So, you know, go to burton for us uh, If you go to, you know, burton for the number four us uh, that's going to help me out uh, big time. And the direct donations there, they're going to go to, you know, we, we actually just need to be able to tell about 58,000 people that I'm running with direct mailers. And we're going to start getting those things out. If you can help me get those done, uh, we went through about, we went through, uh, 400, uh, big signs you got behind me and 2,500 of the little ones there. Uh, so we'll probably need another round of that, which is about $16,000. And then you can help me out. I, I can't tell you the whole story in an hour, but I, uh, if you want to, if you want to buy the book, it's, uh, it's Mississippi Top Gun. Uh, this kind of tells the story of where we are, or where, what I've done, and then also why I'm doing what I'm doing now. And, uh, and those are the things you can do to, uh, to help us out. So Burton number four, uscenter.com. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook, and uh, I'll, I'll pop right up. You'll have no problem if you, if you type in Gannon Burton. Well, Colonel, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate the opportunity to hear some truth uh, from somebody besides me that has served this country uh, for three <laughs> decades. And, uh, you know, folks get tired of hearing me talk because, uh, you know, I'm like going on and on and on. Uh, but it's good to see that you're in the fight. Thank you so much for that. You will also be in our prayers and I'll call out for my folks uh, to pray for you and your family, man. Uh, so. Go help him out. Give him a dollar. Uh, I mean, you can afford a dollar, right? It's not even a cup of coffee anymore. So, uh, you know, get ten or 20,000 people to do that, and that'll help get those mailers out. Well, tomorrow is Training Tuesday, and I changed my schedule. We're going to have the other opposition candidate to Senator Wicker, State Senator Dan Eubanks, on the show for the hour tomorrow to talk about his approach and why he's running. Uh, and uh, he is the guy that founded the Freedom Caucus here in Mississippi in the legislature, at least one of those guys. And we're looking forward to talking to him uh, and listening to this. And you should support both of these folks because uh, the more votes go to them, the less go to Wicker, the more opportunity to get people like him out of the U.S. Senate. And that's what needs to happen to save America.
besides just electing President Donald J. Trump. I'm Rob Manus, and I'll see you tomorrow on Training Tuesday, Patriot.tv Live.